with some uh, plans and structure, but for the most part, uh, cosmic coincidences reign supreme once again because um, these two amazing brother musicians who I saw uh, back in March in Idaho, um, I uh, just divine timing, I reached out to um, Johnny Franco and did an interview with him. And in the midst of that interview, found out that he was actually dwelling in portland so it was just so beautiful that coming in sunday and getting a chance to hang with him monday and then recognizing that his musical partner is actually his younger brother and uh spent another fantastic day driving around portland these guys were entertaining me dom uh, my guest uh, cooked me lamb uh, pasta it was delicious uh they entertained me with music and wisdom and uh Suffice it to say, these guys are on their own path, uh, cutting out individuality in a very, very craven music environment. Uh, but they put on uh, amazing shows, uh, the serenades, if you will, and uh, ceremonies, healing ceremonies for people. Every Thursday in the park, uh, Laurel Thurst Park, among others, with their uh, cucumber vodka and meatballs for 50 cents. Dominic Franco, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show, brother. Thank you, Jake. I'm glad you found us. So glad that I found you, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how my, my this trip has worked for me, too, which is just so beautiful. And it um, it sort of reinforces the mission that I'm on every time I meet cats like you guys. Um, but, you know, well, I wanted, but yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that, it, that the same here, we uh, we hate looking for people. So, um, once again, I'm glad you found us because that's the best way to to get to meet anyone is finding them, I guess, not looking for them. I was going to ask you, did you or Johnny, did you guys get to be that way through trial and error? Like where you were waiting on people and realized what the F this isn't going to work just because I, I, from my point of view as a journalist, when I started my show in 2011 and started to go after these musicians I had to go seek people out. So right. I, as a journalist, I was, you know, reaching out to them and emailing them. Again, it wasn't necessarily a bandstand experience, but the point is that um, I never felt like I was being used per se. But in recent years, especially with my peers, uh, the Franco brothers are just a perfect example of the magnetism of that cosmic consciousness where I found you, but it was, wasn't like I was looking for you, you know? Right. Yeah. I, that's it's something we talk about a lot actually because we've throughout the years we well we started just the two of us and we started noticing that every time we look for a drummer or you know 
or every time to look for a bassist or anything like that. It always, it always, we always got to the scissors or the drummer is bad or anything. It's just that something about looking at, for them and that, that kind of uh, threw us out of the enjoyment of playing with them. And uh, so we noticed that what we have to do, not only with that, but like, you know, uh, looking for, you know, someone to manage us or someone to, you know, uh, book us or, or uh, label stuff, that type of stuff. It goes in the same route for us because we noticed that the best way to go about it is to make space. Instead of filling filling out the space, just make the space first. So we we had our good friend Logan Adam as our drummer for uh, two years and a half until he moved to Philadelphia um, in the beginning of the year and end of last year. And so after that, we had already set a, a bar of a band, full band would sound like, right? And so we had people that would come to the shows and wait for a full band. And we didn't have a drummer because our drummer moved. And so we we suddenly just, we were talking to Carmi and Johnny and we decided that let's make space. Let's, huh. instead of looking for a drummer, we'll just make space for one and the drummer will come. And it so happened that I was uh, I was in a coffee shop while I was uh, while I was going to the, the PCC here in the Portland Community College, and I bump into this guy named Charlie who I had seen playing before, and it just made me want to play with him so bad, you know, like it suddenly I was attractive to playing with him so badly. I wanted to play with him so bad. Not because, you know, he blew my head out, you know, <laughs> the first time that I saw him. I did, but because yeah. I had just bumped into him in a coffee shop, you know. Like, that that really made me want to play with him. So I said, Charlie, you want to come over uh, tomorrow? Let's, me, and, me, you, and Johnny, let's jam. And so he came over. We never do that. We never have people jamming with us. You know, that's not just a thing that we do. So then he came over. We, we played for, like, 20 minutes. And he left. And me and Johnny just... We just, just a big smile came out of our faces because it, it, that was it. You know, we, we were happy because we found him, but we didn't look for him. And it was it, it, like everything that we had, we thought was the right choice actually had been proven to be the right choice. So uh, just to, to kind of finish what I'm trying to say here is that I believe that it depends on what role we're taking on it, you know, because you were mentioning your career as a journalist. Yeah. That involves a different thing, which is you are documenting and uh, and you are trying to find the most valuable thing to document. And we are the opposite. We are trying to make the most valuable thing so someone can come and document it. So that's... <laughs> So Dude, that's Don, why it is so good to hear your voice, man. You are waxing poetic right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's that's why I said I'm glad you found us because uh, we 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 felt it immediately that you were the right guy for the job. Well, I mean, it's just <laughs> for I I want to be clear. This cat Charlie, uh, when you saw him play, I mean, it wasn't like he was like you know freaking the best ever but you were like wow he he's tasty drummer and then yeah and then but yeah. there was no there was no connection at that point then you no. at your you're at pcc you know and he's in there and you're like okay 
we allowed this open space to breathe and now now it is being filled with air exactly yeah and uh it, it, it i just felt it, it that, that that was being filled right there you know oh, and, i love this yeah. and, and it, so anyway it, that just brought us joy because we were you know it was hard it was like six months it's not like this thing about making space it's not like you know we made space for a week and then the drummer showed up between that time we had played with a bunch of other drummers because again we had you know uh paid gigs that that needed a, a band and and so we had played with other drummers we had a good friend uh uh Mickey Newball play with us in the drums we have we had Ricky Roar play with us in the drums so uh it's not like we didn't have any drummer for six months but also we were like you know trying to prove to ourselves to ourselves that that really worked. So when he came about, it was a huge relief, you know, because it really showed us that that method is really something we should cherish. Dom, it's so, I'm glad you brought this up because that's, I was been trying to explain to people because uh, I had a very cosmic trip in general and you guys were like the fuel right at the beginning and it was so beautiful because it just seemed like, you know, like, I, like we've been talking about, we just bumped into each other and it was meant to be. Um, <clears throat> but what it strikes me about, I've been trying to explain you guys outside of just your <clears throat> shtick and what you guys are about musically. And to me, what you just said is it, when you, you, so you're, I think you said Tyler was the drummer, went to Philadelphia. Is that right? Some cat, uh, went to, Logan. Logan went to Philly and yeah. you know, Younger cats, and I'm talking people, kids in their 20s, like you guys are in your 20s. You're not graybeards. You're yeah. not elders, you know? Yeah. And yeah. a lot of younger cats would be like, okay, let's get let's get real meditative about this. Like, you know, like you said, like very zen kind of approach. Like, you know, let's create space. And then because they're insecure, because when you're young, you're supposed to be insecure. And, right. you know, I am still insecure. You know, we all are in some way. But – that's it just the realization just came into my head that you guys have a profound sense of security and that relates to maybe uh, having older souls because most cats would after a week of that zen meditation they would be flailing around and finding every drummer they could to get the right. band back together whether it felt right or not and so that how, can you just talk about and i don't know if it came from your you know i know that that you guys had your upbringing was a little bit different than Johnny, yeah. so to speak. But can you talk about this idea of uh, it's not being cool? It's not like it's no, not. No, no, like, I get what you're saying. I get what you're yeah, saying. Can you talk about how you developed this sense of uh, the, not in because that's the thing. You guys strike me as secure, graceful people. It's there's no insecurity, and so I'm just trying to figure out how you cultivated that so that like you could allow for the the right drummer to come along. Um. Well, I'm going to be fast about how that relates to our upbringing because uh, not, I, I can't really point out a lot of stuff. <laughs> okay, I, I did. Can, I, did. I can say, yeah. oh, was this? Uh, yeah. That was fine. Yeah. My dad told me that, you know. But uh, I will say the two things that come into my head is the first one, um, we always we're in a position where we had to convince someone our whole life because um, 
Well, our dad was the uh, entertainer, and and we saw, you know, how people really cherished him at the same time with all his, you know, uh, greatest achievements that he had to talk about and how people would, like, have him have him in, like, radio shows and talk about his great achievements as a musician and comedian. comedian. He would still talk to us how there was a lot of people who just didn't give a single shit about him and just completely like uh, ignore all his achievements right uh-huh. so even though we would you know walk down the street and he would get recognized and people would, would you know want to take pictures and we're like oh our dad is is you know well recognized here he would we would get home and he would talk about how you know he's struggling because no one is paying attention of what the stuff that he did you know so it always uh it always gave us th- this uh sense of we have to we have to convince someone and I'll, I'll explain what I mean about convincing because it's not really uh, putting a, uh, it's not really like putting a mask on and, and convincing. It's more about uh, making the best possible and doing the best possible because if, 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 if you're going to need to depend on people telling you, how good of achievement you got throughout your life in the end, you better have good stuff to talk about, you know? Um, wow. And I mean, that's profound, man. I mean, that's just called, but that speaks. So just tell me a little bit about Dom, your own path as this relates to, I, I feel very deep, uh, uh, divine connection with you guys. Uh, it's a spiritual thing yeah. bigger than anything on this planet. And yet you start talking about monotheistic religion or dogma, and that doesn't really go anywhere. But what you're really talking about at the end of the day, what your dad was talking about is even if, I mean, even if people don't give two shits about what he was doing, he had faith, he had faith in what, in his, in what he was doing. And he believed in what he was doing. And that, and that from the little booklets that I still read every day that Johnny gave me about, Real brother Dom made the meatballs, the serenades in the park. Like this stuff yeah. is, it exudes faith. So, and we talked a little bit on the drive. We, uh, Dom took me to like four of his favorite stores to buy meat and eggs and everything else. But uh, tell me about how you you are cultivating your own faith, because uh, to me, that that is really at the core going to sustain you guys through the the worst of times and also the height of heights, you know? Um, well, that's a good question because first of all, we, me, I I was always very, um, very much looking forward to life since I was, you know, very young, I always, I always, you know, try wearing bigger shoes and, you know, uh, trying to make my steps sound a little bit heavier so I can feel like an adult when I was a kid, <laughs> you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. And, and even to this day, I've come to realize that that all these things that I did as a kid to try and portray myself as a, as an adult, it wasn't about being older of age, but it was about having, having like 
being able to live the life you know and like do do what what's life has to be done and what's you know what's what that whatever i i think it's it's um the smart uh i don't know how to put this but whatever creative work or even if it's not creative if it's like what is the favorite place i like to buy this mango they always have the right mango and i want to come back there and buy myself a mango of course i can't leave the house and go buy myself a mango in the middle of sao paulo when you're 10 years old you know it's, <laughs> it's there's a lot of things that go around that and anyway um and so i i've i think i've i've learned a little bit what part of that is really an ambition and what part of that is uh like a, a dogma or like a uh you know like the rule that you take upon yourself and, and make it your life you know because once i i w whenever i made the transition between being only an ambition that i really wanted to be able to do my own stuff and uh and uh you know surprise and entertain and convince people uh when you make that change between being a, an ambition and a, a real like uh, attitude and a, a something that you do for a living i i think it a, a lot of like the things come to life that you've been questioning your whole life right uh. so i always questioned you know because like it seems very very on the paper it seems very easy and very straightforward because you know i had that ambition i knew i could do something you know I I had no no comparisons so I had nothing to compare myself to that way it made me think that I was very very good in, in some things right and when I was a teenager and uh in the same way that brought me to come to various like realizations when I grew older because uh you know it showed me it answered those questions and for the good and for the bad you know um so i guess just to to kind of like clarify from your question no no you you you're, you're doing fan this is doing fantastic there's no right or wrong answers i just when you just used three words in there that were like exactly the so when you when when we did that video in your house um and yeah. this is this has more to do with like the God within you. I don't want to get into, I, I don't, I can't quote one scripture from the Bible or the Torah, or I don't, I'm not well versed in this stuff, but yeah. I can feel the spirit quite often. I can feel that. And when you guys were perform, when you guys were playing um, at a certain point, when uh, John, Johnny stopped and, and, and said, Oh, I forget the woman's name, uh, but you know, Oh, it's you, the caramel, yeah, Maxine, then, Maxine, it's you, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden the energy just went up clear. Yeah, it's funny, man. I, it's when you get out of your own, when, yeah. no, just when you get out of your own way, do you, can you, can you talk about that feeling of being a conduit for information coming through you from above? I I don't think I don't think we're that good of 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 I don't think we're that good in understanding 
what maybe it's good not to understand that stuff anyway you probably don't want to understand think too much no no but just following up on what you're saying like for example that you're saying that you feel you feel better than you talk about the spirits and and uh, that's right what i mean about that is like you know the feelings right and i think that's very on point but i also think that we give we're better as humans to give than to receive uh, mm -hmm. that sort of energy right because we don't really we can't really understand what we're receiving because it comes in all sort of shapes and sizes and uh you know dimensions or whatever you want to call it and uh it depends on a lot of things that we we change every day of how we're going to receive those things so i think that we we have a very good uh, uh sense of giving because we, when you're giving you're doing it purposefully right you're you're it's like you're creating this uh this little soup and you're feeding people this soup right you know exactly what you're feeding the people but the people don't really know what's inside the soup it's just this this liquid that uh, you know it looks like there's some olive oil on top of it you know like, yes of course um so for that song in particular uh i feel like uh it was one of the songs that we we just have a very good time playing it. And so whenever we know that the good time is going to come, we get very excited in some ways, right? Because we know it's a good time. So that's, that's kind of all I have to say about it. We, 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 we never really stopped to rehearse anything, just playing and, and coming up with it. So I guess that's not our song by the way that song is a more Schumann song um this My album God, that is amazing what on what album i don't even know what album that is the only album he has on spotify i'm not sure i'm pretty sure that's not all he has because he was kind of like an off-broadway guy that never make made it to broadway and sure. uh he had this album called my death that johnny found i don't know where he found it and two of our songs two of the songs in the album that we played is the Funeral Tango, which is a great song. We were actually about to record it today. Uh -huh. And Caramels, too. We're also recording Car Caramels, which is part of our part of the, our repertoire that is the covers that we that we make it ours. <laughs> well, I want to be very know. clear. No, but this is so... I mean, no, first of all, you take a cover... And you make it your own. I mean, you know, the meters from New Orleans, they would take a Stephen Stills tune from Crosby, Stills and Nash and turn it upside yeah. down and inside out, make it your own. But this I want to go back to this. This is what it's about. I mean, first of all, you guys perform uh, as ministers uh, at weddings. Uh, you serenade couples. They um, have you come. Yeah. And so, so it's very similar to a clergy or a pastor or, right. um, you know, where it's like at the end of the day, when they give a sermon on their day and it's, if they can quote unquote, convince people that what they're saying is real, then they might have more, uh, I guess, uh, the right word would be, uh, uh, street credibility, more credibility amongst the parishioners. I, and I think you nailed yeah. it right there on the, when when you convince that what you're saying is real that part is is everything i'm trying to say when i'm saying convince because uh 
exactly. that's really where it's at. We don't like with the covers. We don't, you know, it's not just because we we play it differently, and uh, sometimes we throw a solo where there's not a solo, or you know, something like that. Uh, I feel like the reason why people think that those songs are ours is because they they we do something that convinced them that the songs is ours. You know, it sound it sounds like it's ours. You know, I don't really know. And honestly, it's we. I also don't really know what it is about it, um, but you know, I I often talking to my girlfriend when we're watching movies together, right? And she always never understands because I it's part of a little bit of the language barrier. But also, I I keep saying and sometimes I keep going like, yeah, this guy just doesn't convince me. You know? <laughs> Dude, this just, is the greatest thing. Yeah, go ahead. And and yeah. and about not not only you know musicians or actors sure, you know sure. just in just in 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 general like doesn't convince me and I and that just ruins it to me immediately once I once I'm not convinced that it's like there's no way back like it doesn't matter how long the movie is or you know how long the album is if you didn't convince me it's 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 tough because then I I keep thinking about it you know and and I mean you could say that that uh uh just because it didn't convince me doesn't mean that it's not going to convince other people because that is completely true right uh uh you know well uh, no i want to ask you this this is really important it's just so funny you bring this up so i'm watching the i don't know if you've ever watched the sopranos you know that, that yes TV, I've watched okay? Sopranos. okay so um i now i'm uh blanking on his name but it's one of it's one of Tony's right hand men. He's the slick back hair, older Italian guy. Paulie. Really Paulie, thank you, Paulie, okay? And I'm like in season two right now. And last night he's talking to Christopher, who just got shot up in his hospital bed, and he's just talking about sort of the out the near death experience. It was so simple, and yet the way Paulie was going about it convinced me i'm like this dude is a badass it had i mean not that i wasn't sold on him before but it was right, like right, 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 right yeah. then i was like that is some he convinced me so whether it's an album or a movie right. i mean the point is i i wasn't sold on him for 18 All episodes right. but but the, but the, the the show is so good that i was willing to wait it out do you have an open mind or is it like Dom, you have that authenticity sensor right away, and you're like, "No, nah, we're done. They're not gonna cut it." No, no, no. I, I, I. Sopranos is a great example because that is also, um, uh, well, let me give a different example. Yeah, actually. please. Yeah. Uh, Seinfeld, for example. Yeah. Seinfeld, for most people, if I would be talking about this whole convincing thing would be the card that they would probably throw at me being like, you know, what about Seinfeld? It's like pretty obvious what they're trying to do. It's a sitcom and they're throwing out jokes, you know, every joke they're trying to get you. And, uh, you know, the characters are, are, although they are very well made and they fit, fit each other perfectly. Um, you know, once you get to the sixth season or something, you already know them, you know, and they, you kind of know what they're going to say or whatever. But, I still think that it's extremely convincing. They are in a sitcom. You know, there's a live audience, you know, mm. you know that that's a set. They're not in an apartment in New York city. You know that, you know, the, the story was just made and you know, it, 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 
it's a crazy Larry David, you know, illusion or whatever. You know all that, but it's convincing. It, it I don't even know what uh, how does it go about, but they, but they, they make it so it's theirs. It's not the writers. It's not the network's idea. It's not. It feels like the show is being run by the characters. You know, it feels like. It feels like if you would have like a Seinfeld office building, you would find each one of them in a room and they're like writing the show, you know. That's how it, it feels like they it feels like the characters are coming out with it and they are making the show happen. Although although we all know that they have writers and they have, you know, everyone that is just giving them the lines to read, right? Or so anyway, they convince me, although it's pretty obvious what they're doing, you know. So it is like a there's a fine line that is hard to hard to to really you know measure it in like you know authenticity authenticity is the word we're looking authenticity for authenticity authenticity is what leads to to convincing that's the key is when you're an authentic entertainer and you pass the get past that i just wonder about you especially as it relates to other musicians sometimes like an album for instance like on record I'll listen to it, maybe my, you know, and then I dismiss it or I'm not convinced by it. Then I come back at a different point in my life and it just blows me away. And I just wonder yeah. about like, um, you know, more to the point, like, are, are you looking for, that's a good question though. I I'm stunned actually in a good way that you guys played with a trap drummer, a drum set, uh, or maybe not, I don't know, but you, but you guys, Fell. What do you guys look for in a drummer? I mean, like, I can't see you bringing in a guy right. who's going to be smashing cymbals all over the place or like being like Tony Williams. But I don't. Right. I mean, to me, like, um, what's the what's the what does a drummer have to do aside from just the good feeling to convince you guys that he's a good fit for the Franco brothers? Oh man, I. Like again, man. Uh, if it was probably if it was any other different drummer in that coffee shop that day, we would have a different drummer, you know. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, not. I'm not saying like any other different drummer, but any other drummer that I would have had any like, you know, if I Connection, knew them yes, and I, I knew did, they were I good, yeah. you know, I would probably still invite them. And if they were good, pretty fucking good, they would probably be still playing with us. But, um. I I think that there are a couple things that I can probably say that are important, but I'm I'm not sure how accurate I can be because honestly, too, you know, Johnny has a great sense of uh, of uh, entertainment, which is not the same thing as the convincing thing, because uh, That's right. people can't help with entertainment. When is when is real entertainment? When they're really getting entertained, there's no way out. Like. The, there's not a single grandma or a grumpy middle-aged man working an office job that is not going to feel entertained by a good entertainment, you know? So that, uh, uh, that being said, uh, Johnny also has a very good sense of that. And I guess, uh, answering, answering your question on a drummer, that's, that's basically it. It has to be for the entertainment. It has to be for the people. It has to be, it has to be the, the it has to be good for the entertainment. I don't know. I do know uh, you, you. You want the drummer has to serve 
the, the entertaining, the, the music and yeah, the, and and yeah. and you know, it's it doesn't mean that he has to do it immediately. You know, right. as long as it as as long as he's up to, up for the for the for the quest. You know, up for the for the job but, of entertainment. You know, <laughs> yeah. We we had a lot of drummers that could play all the songs and they played very well. That 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 is fine and we you know there are a couple of shows we don't we play these shows you know we get very busy there are some private shows for some you know uh boring people it doesn't really matter uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah right but uh oh my god there are a lot of drummers who would play those shows and they, they you know they would do the whole thing follow us play all the brazilian songs but you know in the end you kind of feel that the guy was just there you know Playing the songs, I don't know. I don't really know, Jake. I'm, I'm at this Tom, point. You're doing, I'm just no, first, no, first of all, you're not. What you're saying is they were going through the motions. They weren't necessarily present with the uh, in adding to the to the value of the and the energy of the show. But you yeah, know, I, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't need to be a one time thing. You know that we're not, we're not. Uh, uh, it's not like oh, if you fuck this up, you're out type of deal you know because we fucked it up too multiple times you know i we sometimes it's just ex exhausting you know you're playing two three hour shows in a day the second three hour show is in a like a uh like a smokehouse right wow. and you're playing on the side of a smokehouse for three hours it's really hard to tell yourself don't stop creating new stuff and don't stop entertaining people because you're just like tired and you can't wait to get out of there you know so they are it's not like we're we're not also 100% consistent but we want to at least feel that they're trying to do it you know and 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 we feel that with Charlie you know we 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 can feel that he's 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 trying to do it you know and and uh and most part of the time he's doing exactly right and you know and if it's not what we think it's supposed to be done, he's there to to change it, you know? Absolutely. I love this. No, I'm going to go see a comedy show next week in Tucson with a dear brother who's a drummer, Josh Adams. And he Josh is a guy who can play anything. But this right. is more of a, a of a real comedy act with, like, you know, like where you would have, like, you know, this is where you hit the drum, you know, hit the drums here for, right. you know. You know, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing him serve – the music or serve right the, the, exactly. it's about serving that and it's like serving very good exactly yeah you know what i'm saying and like yeah. i want you to talk about as honestly as you can to younger cats i mean not that you're an old cat but the yeah. uh you know i i went to go see some of my friends um uh it's essentially you know they're just they've been on maybe one or two three tours um in their own bands i mean they've had very successful musical careers being uh, accompanists for other leaders or even in other projects. But this is like their own sort of maiden voyage. And, you know, they're playing, uh, I mean, they played a pizza shop in, uh, mm -hmm. in Eugene. Uh, and, you know, uh, there were like maybe a couple, maybe a dozen people there. It's hard to know because I was up front right. losing my mind. But the point is that like, you know, no matter uh, no matter what you want to entertain people and that means you need to have real human beings at the gigs to entertain them and you want them yeah. you know and so immediately there's so you get kind of demoralized or um i don't care who you are if people don't you know it's sort of a letdown when you're like oh man i'm playing my ass off and there's 12 people here 
And so I just, and yet I also recognize with these cats that my job is to make sure that they have a good time. And if they're smiling at the end and they don't get ripped off by the bar, then that's going to keep them going along the way. And these are top flight cats. And I just, I wanted you to talk about your philosophy, how you kind of, as a, as a duo, as a group, you know, is it more important to you to have fun than, than if cats, how have you dealt with the comparisons? Like the idea of saying, well, how, you know, why is nobody's here? You know, like, how do you get, how can you see to the light, look to the positive side of the entertaining to say, well, you know what? Nobody showed up, but it was fun. And this is all I know how to do. So I'm just going to keep doing it. I think a lot of people get incredibly discouraged about a lot of insignificant things because not everybody's going to be playing the packed houses every night. Well, first of all, good guidance. Uh, uh, Well, Johnny has a, uh, he was here before me and I was very lucky to have him because he went through all the, the you know like making a band in brazil and trying to go for it bullshit that he, <laughs> he went through and yeah he, like, yeah suddenly like for me it was like you know a part of me had went through it and told me that's not a way to go so that is like it's just like basically taking everything that i fought you know because when i was growing up as a teenager i was like thinking that you know i'm gonna go off and uh, make a band and I'm going to, you know, as long as I'm writing good songs and it sounds good, everything's going to go right. And, you know, got to find a label or a marketing agency or some shit. And uh, anyway, the minute I got here, it was like, it's not like he set, set me down and told me this, you know, but it's just what I've learned from what he was doing here when I got here, which is busking and playing these shows. I immediately figured out that all of that goes immediately to the trash and ha- doesn't need to come back until I really needed it back, which I don't don't think I would. Well, mm. I will. Mm. But with that being said, um, it's it's important to to f- feel vulnerable enough to invert the values, you know. Um, and until this day, like we need each other, me and Johnny. That's the other thing that really helps us because we're together. Because we constantly need each other to invert our invert our values. And what I mean by that is, whenever we fall back, and we say and we tend we say something like you know, uh, uh, something that it, it it doesn't go by this mentality that I've been telling you until until now, uh. We we have each other to go, but that's not what we've been doing. That's not what it is. We're just frustrated because we have five dollars in the bank account, and right. you know, uh, or we're just frustrated that we just paid this. We just played uh, a a packed house in a in a very big venue, and we got paid two hundred bucks. You know, it's like the, a lot of these things that happens uh, that happens to us. Uh, they they force us to to you know to bring to come to a realization and when we come to a realization we're like oh oh, this is what it is this is what's wrong we got to tackle it you know but it's not it's not all it's not like that it it, it, uh, uh, we we have to be able to 
to correct ourselves all the time and and confess everything right out of the way right out like it's you know we have to be able to sound dumb and sound you know uh no you know, I, 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 this is really this is so important man like i cannot uh i guess like uh you know so much of what's happening today in music is what you just said where um I don't know, you could be playing Cervantes in Denver and, uh, you know, there's a huge walk-up crowd of like 500 people or yeah. 750 people. And you, because you don't have, because you don't want all this apparatus around you, all these people in your pockets, management, uh, all this stuff, there's no real quote unquote muscle. And as a result, right. after the gig, you're still getting just what you were signed up for. You're not getting any extra money and you don't have anybody there to advocate for you. And I feel like that's not just a Franco problem. That is just in general, a major issue. And you almost have to, um, like you talked about vulnerability, but I don't know how you surrender to that because we all have to live. I mean, you guys, this is really the question, Dom. I mean, at the end of the day, I have to ask you, and I know Johnny took the lumps, but Johnny's move to the States was, as you know, very cosmic. I mean, just the idea of yeah. this fest festival in Pennsylvania and how it all materialized. Yeah. I just want you to talk to people out there about, uh, I, I mean, not that you're, we've talked about this quite a bit. I mean, your, your dad has a reputation. Um, yeah. He's got a lifestyle. He's still cooking away at 83 or 85. I mean, just amazing. Um, but I mean, Dom Franco or Johnny Franco could, you know, I mean, you could have been just had a very beautiful life. Many beautiful women in Brazil right. speak the native language, play music if you want to, or maybe be stand up comedian or pastor. Who knows? But yet you took the hard path. And I want to know why. Why did you take the hard path? Man. coming here and now you did come yeah. to a very very cool place in portland although it's a, it's insane right now i must say right, right, right. you yeah. know it's but you didn't go to mississippi you didn't right. you didn't go into some crazy ass place right. but exactly. um but yet this is i just feel like you want you have would you say that you have always enjoyed the the challenge and this being the ultimate challenge or the way you're the vibe you give off is, hey, what me worry? We'll see where the chips fall where they may. I just know that off the air talking with Johnny, uh, this has not been the easiest ride in the world, but I also feel like you guys wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. That's that's very true, but um, I think uh, why would we take this route has uh, a couple of things involved in that. And first thing is, like you said, there is this, uh, we don't really know how we came about to Portland because Johnny really didn't have this, like, you know, I want to go to Portland. <laughs> right. They got right. to Portland because they never been here and they went to all the other big cities and they hated it. So they decided to go to Portland because they never been here, basically. So it is already, like, a, a crazy reason why we're here and we really, like, got very lucky because we can 
we can talk about uh you know how more difficult it m- probably would have been if we were in LA trying to do the all the things that we did in Portland. But completely agree. Go ahead. Yeah. Putting that apart, there's another thing which is um we never we always been backed up uh emotionally by by our close ones. And not that not saying that that helped us to come here and that was what made us come here because we had you know backup in brazil but that uh takes takes a little bit of a weight out of the shoulder because it puts you out of uh out of uh what's the word you you're, very, you're nailing this dude you're na- yeah there's there's it's not a fallback position, but you know that there's love in case something really doesn't go well. Like there is exactly it, it puts yeah, you out of the immediate moves. You know, you Survival. get out of yeah, I did. You, exactly, you get out of the immediate. You have to do immediate decisions that are going to bring immediate income that are going to make me immediate successful. You know, because that is a little bit of a it's a it's a, a black hole. You know, it's but and. Lastly, I think that we always wanted to do something together. This is what we've been waiting for our whole life. You know, we've been, although, you know, we are, me and Johnny are eight years apart. It doesn't, we always been looking for it. You know, me as like an eight-year-old and, you know, him as a 16-year-old. We were always, you know, still talking about how we're gonna we're gonna live together and be together one day, um, because we could see that already. Like we could, we knew it was gonna happen, and I was always waiting for the moment to happen. Whenever the opportunity came about, I just took it immediately with no with no no questions asked. So there is also that factor, which is, uh, the opportunity opened the moment it opened. I came. And then we we started, you know, thinking about it or doing what we're doing and coming to conclusions. With those conclusions were made before I moved here. We didn't know what we we're gonna do. We didn't have the idea of making doing serenades or professional entertainer or real brother Dom. You know, this whole thing was a creation of, of our our ourselves living together, which it has come as a a, a, a it has proven to us that what we were waiting for and looking for was really something that we should have been waiting for and looking for because it's it actually works and it's actually that's right that's freaking great i mean that is first of all you also had a goal of playing together one day and that opportunity presented itself and now you've accomplished that goal and it's completion is always a very good way towards discipline one one final question for you and set one dom because uh this is just the beginning of our collaborations, but um, yeah. <clears throat> I wanted you to just, you, you said something really profound before about creating space. Um, yeah. A lot of people talk about that in relationships, you know, you're creating space for the other person to feel comfortable to talk to you or, you know, but you're talking about it in the sense of like allowing nature to take its course so that you will find the right people at the right time, divine timing, so to speak. And this thing that you have at Laurel Thirst Park, 
on Thursdays, uh, seems that there is some momentum there. And I don't believe that at the beginning there were flocks of people there, but since, since it's kept going along, you know, the real bro, my real brother, Dom, the meatballs yeah. are there, the, the vodka, you know, I'm, I don't want to get to the water's there. People are there. It's like, you know, and yeah. it's just going to keep growing. And so how, how did you create space for people? Like it's one of those lines in, uh, in that uh, field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. It's not if you control it. It's not if you dominate it. It's not if you force it. You just build it and they will come. So how did you create the space? Uh, I, I just feel like it's a template for other cats sort of to model that uh, in their own artistic careers. Well, the Lawrence Park, first of all, is our, probably our biggest uh, accomplishment here in Portland because it really it really brings us a lot of joy but mo uh, like you said the first time that we did it was like in June of 2020 and we only had like four people there because someone had hired us to do a serenade and so on and we kept coming back every Thursday basically that's right, it. So, right. but um, I don't think that this idea of, of creating spa space opening space or, or like you said, building the dream, which is which can be the same thing in this conversation. Um, yes, I don't think that that is the one thing that it makes it right. It that is not the ingredient. That is just the way of preparing it, kind of. You know what I'm trying to say? The ingredient that I could think of is good times <laughs> if you're you're in a summer if it's in the, it's summer and you're in a park and there is good times going on there's no way you're not going to be wanting to have a good time so all you have to do is make a good time right and uh hmm. it it might take a little bit because for example we started with just me and johnny in a cube so all the good time that we could provide was uh you know finish the songs and Johnny will do a couple of jokes and uh, pretty songs and people will be, you know, wow, this is a good time. But right now we've, we've crossed to a different stage, which is we got to a certain point in, um, in like 2021 and beginning of the 2022 season that we were like, we have to, we have to step it up. Like this has to be a good time. So things that pop and Johnny said, what is a good time? And we think about it. Well, Let's do something, a lottery, a dog show. We're going to have, you know, meatballs and uh, comedians and uh, variety shows and a belly dancer. And, you know, that stuff is, uh, it might not even be what you read in the Wikipedia of what is a good time nowadays, because it's certainly what not what TikTok is trying to absolutely. Uh, but it's, show that it's absolutely, a good time. Totally, but, right? but it's like for us humans, it's like our natural good time. I think, you know, and I would think that that is what um, made us get to this point is is trying to provide a good time. And that that's all. And the reason why people came, it's because we created a good time 
and the space was open for them to fill it. And what we have now is a result of uh, a good time being made and people filling up the space and watching and having a good time with us. And so, so beautiful. it's so beautiful because that's the old in the old, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, you'd have really legendary jazz figures come into clubs for two weeks at a time. And after one night, someone would have a good time and they'd tell two more friends and then they'd come. And then those friends would tell five more people. And by the end of the two weeks, place was packed. Probably for a week it was packed. But the point is you have a consistent venue to get to give people a good time. And through yeah. word of through word of mouth, through word of mouth, which is so old yeah. school, not yeah. TikTok, but word of mouth, yeah. it continues to grow and be a good time. And I got to tell you, man, I would actually everything we just talked about, throw it out the window because you know what? The less thought about, I mean, the ideas are brilliant, the creativity is brilliant, the implementation is brilliant. But I would just say to both of you. Just keep following that path of a good time and don't get too down in the weeds about it. I appreciate you doing it with me, but you're on to something okay. special, man. And I don't think it could happen anywhere else in the country. I think it was a, a divine purpose to be there. Uh, I'm not saying the winters aren't cold. I'm not saying there isn't a lot of crazy homeless people around. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. it's perfect, but I don't think, I think it, I think it's meant to be. And I just think the less thinking about it, the better. So I love you're you, right. man. Right. I love I you, bro. That. I mean, I you know, much. I can't wait to see you guys again. I hope you guys can get down to Arizona when it cools down in the winter. And but no matter what, man, we're always connected, no matter man. what. Once we do it, we're gonna have a good time. That's right, baby. That's right. <laughs> no, Dom, man, you have a beautiful day, man. Say hi to Johnny you too, for man. Me. All right, Big man. Big pleasure, Jake. I, I I will talk anytime, man. Just give me a call and we'll talk. All right, my brother. Much love to you, baby. Much love too, man. Take it easy. Peace. Yeah. Peace.